bringing you the stories of athletes, celebrities, and everyday Christians doing extraordinary things. It's time for The Walk with Frito and Shivers. All right, thank you, Jessica. It is Shivers and Frito with The Walk. I'm Mark Friedman. He's David Shivers. Thank you for coming back to The Walk. We're excited to be with you. We've got a good friend, brother in Christ, uh, a guy who has a heart for missions. Uh, We were talking here just briefly uh, before the show, and I think really the way that you and I connected initially, Todd, I mean, being at the same church, we've got a huge church over there at Prestonwood that God's blessed us with under Dr. Graham and, and his leadership, but sometimes it's hard to connect. And really, you and I connected through a mission trip down in Mexico. Yeah. Probably, what, about five or six years ago, we went on mission to Acapulco, Acapulco and yeah. we made a couple of trips to Acapulco together, and and it was it was incredible, incredible experience. Yeah, every one of those trips touches my life in one way or another, and uh, I know being out on that mission field and and helping build that church has touched your heart. Oh, absolutely. Not only building the church, the church was an incredible experience. Uh, I'm a little older now, so the uh, we all? the the manual labor is not the highlight. Uh, That's but, not good to hear because I'm going to take one of those trips at the end of the month. <laughs> oh, is that right? Well, you'll love it. You'll okay, love it. well, you're, thank you're you. younger than I am, but just the fellowship with. Uh, these folks on the side of this mountain in Acapulco. Everybody thinks of Acapulco as a wealthy area, and, and mm-hmm. it was a humbling experience to meet and, and fellowship with Pastor Arturo and, and those folks there. And uh, it was really cool to lead people to Christ and, yeah. and so forth. So, Okay, we didn't really give Todd the proper introduction. Okay, this is Todd Metton, businessman. You own half a dozen wing stops? Uh, ten. Ten? Ten Whoa, of them. I, yeah, I'm, in the Dallas Are you market. still expanding? Uh, working on number 11 right now. Wow, that must keep you busy. It's crazy. It's okay. crazy. And you used to have Subways. I used to have Subways. I had eight of those and sold those back in 2000. To your brother or to somebody else? Because I know, folks. isn't your brother yeah, my brother's in, uh, big Subway in the Subway? Business? He's got over, gosh, I think he's got 22 Subways. Yeah. Fantastic. How do you keep up with all? I mean, can you remember? Can you tell me every single location of Subway that he has? I don't know his he? locations. He can. I can't. Uh, you know, that's not my problem. My problem is are the wing stops at this point. Are all 10 of your wing stops right here in DFW, or do you have some around the state? No, they're strictly Collin County and Dallas County, so kind of spread out all over the place. What percentage of the employees do you know? Um, probably, I know that sounds like a weird question. It's but a great I, question. It's probably, it. it's probably hard, hard I would check. say, 50%. Really? Okay. Yeah. 50%. And I will say something in uh, Todd's corner and just an affirmation of Todd and his heart for people. More On more than one occasion, on several, I will say on a number of occasions, he's come to me and asked specifically for tracks and even tracks in Spanish. Uh, that would be Espanol for those of you <laughs> gringos at home. Specifically to hand out and, and share the gospel and tell his employees and the people that, that, that work and serve with him at Wingstop about the difference that Jesus has made in his heart and in his life. It's a, a real feather and just a, a blessing. And we're going to get into that because that's, that's what we do here, David, in the yep. walk. You know, you and I talk sports a lot, and Todd is a huge sports fan. Todd would text me during the radio shows. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm great. sure that was really – I uh, absolutely loved it. You were glad to get those text <laughs> Oh, I did. I absolutely did. I absolutely love that. Keep him in line, Todd. <laughs> but one of the things that is fascinating to me about Todd is, is Todd walks the walk. There's no doubt about that. And we'll get more into this. But I was in the restaurant business. I've owned a restaurant, and I worked my way through high school and college in restaurants. And there's some dark, dark people in the restaurant Absolutely. business. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So being a light in that dark, dark place, tell us a little bit about maybe your your mindset, your approach, your heart for leveraging what God's blessed you with professionally for the kingdom. You know, it's funny. When I owned the Subway Sandwich Shops, I was not a had not been saved. Came to Christ in 1999 and started the Wingstop uh, venture in 2003. And more than anything, what I wanted to do was represent Christ well, and doing that through. Uh, honesty and integrity and and transparency and and respect and so forth to the people that work for me the my vendors customers and you know I make it clear to my staff everybody my emails have scripture awesome. the idea is to make it clear and and shout it out that I'm a believer I'm a follower of Christ and like you said Frito the restaurant business has that that's not normal and I wanted to make mm. it clear to the people that I work with that this is who we are. I, yeah, and if you see it's something different in me, it's mm. not me; it's Christ in me. Amen. And you know, I just wanted to make sure that that was apparent. It also holds me accountable. You know, I have to be on guard every day to make sure that I'm representing well, representing yeah. Christ well. And that's kind of been the the goal, you know. And and the Lord has blessed me. It's it's been crazy. He's blessed me beyond measure. Yeah, I would imagine that the the restaurant business is one of the more challenging businesses to to walk the walk in. But just because just because my experience in the restaurant business, you deal with a, a lot of people that are from all sorts of different backgrounds that are mm-hmm. that are working for you, and some of those people, and, and some they're not necessarily bad people, no. but. But they're not walking the walk. Yeah. Right. So you talked about honoring the Christ in the marketplace, standing for these different values and characteristics of someone who, who walks with, with God and who wants to, to, to bear fruit in his life. Tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ. I know we visited briefly. You were a young adult. I mean, 33, didn't really grow up in a, in a home where there was much of a, a faith background or emphasis, but there was a special young lady that God used in your life, didn't he? Yeah, I uh, wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was, I was kind of taught from an early age that financial and, and professional success was really all that mattered. And I bought that lie. And I bought the lie, I've mentioned to you guys before, that you know, most young adults buy, and that's, you know, to be a man is to party and and to womanize and so forth. And mm-hmm. one evening, I knew God. I knew of God. I didn't know him personally, but I prayed a lot, and I prayed that he would put someone in my life that mattered. Not mm-hmm. that these other uh, people didn't matter, but someone who was significant. And lo and behold, two weeks later, my future wife moved in next door to me. She was recently divorced. She had been married for six months. Her husband cheated on her hmm. and she was broken. I was broken. And it's just amazing how the Lord works, you know, and, and we, our joke is we shared a wall, the wall between me and her, our beds. Was she was literally right next door, literally, literally right next door, an apartment next door. God answered that prayer. He did. And, and a resounding exclamation yes. point. Yeah. yeah. If, if, you know, we're always looking for writing in the yeah. sky, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, if any of our yeah. listeners were wondering if God hears and answers prayer, Todd Absol- Metton would say emphatically. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, 
I told you guys earlier, we started dating and, and I started hanging out with her and her parents. Her, she was raised in a Christian home and her folks were just awesome people and I, I wanted to be around them. And we just spent a, a ton of time together. I came to Christ in 1999 when I was 33 and a small church in Arlington, uh, Barry Cameron was the pastor. And, and it was one of those moments where I felt like I was the only man, only person in the church, you know, yeah. and and went forward and Leslie and I were baptized a couple weeks later. Wow. And that's the same experience for me. I was older than you. I was 44. Yeah. And the same exact type of thing happened to me where I felt like I'm in Prestonwood. There had to be, I don't know, you, you probably better at attendance than I am. And and 15,000 people in there. And I felt like the pastor was speaking straight to me or the Lord was speaking straight to me through the pastor and that I was the only one in there. Now, I realized I wasn't the only one in there because my eyes were welling up with tears, and my father-in-law was sitting. He played football at Penn State, so I didn't want to see him, him to see me yeah. just show any weakness. Exactly. So I'm kind of turning to the side. That's and, funny. And my wife Sherry's like, "What? What's going on? What's going on with you?" And I was like, big "Well, Dave, hey. you got to hide the tears from Big Dave." Mm. I think I waited 28 hours before I called Shivers and said, "You know what? You've been calling to baptize me. I'm ready. Let's go." That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I prayed a lot of prayers for both of these guys, and grateful for what. Uh, God's done in your life. Give us an update, um, Todd, on your family. I know you got you and Leslie have two boys, Jazz and Levi. You got uh, Jazz is up at OSU now. He's at OSU. He's a freshman. He's uh, almost done. He uh, next month, uh, mid month, he'll be finished his first year. Yep. And Levi is a sophomore at Prestonwood Christian Academy. Both of them went to PCA. Been up at Stillwater a little bit this year? Been. I just got back Sunday evening. And it's, you know, I tell you, it's hard when you send your, your I'm sure it's hard when you send them, either one of them away. Right. But your first one, you know, and he he's my buddy and, and it's hard not to have him at home and, and you know, communicate on a moment by moment basis you know you you do yeah, it through text yeah. in today's world it's text messages and you're yeah. you know you go through the i'm just hoping and praying that he'll respond you know kind of <laughs> exactly. thing you know please please respond just send me a smiley face or something you know and it's just, just uh to get that emoji back that's right please send me an emoji man you, you know the thing is when i'm in prestonwood or i i i look at people I don't get jealous that often. I really don't. I'm not that type, and I really appreciate everything I have. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for everything, and I always have been. Right. Okay. And I've always known that that you know, heck, I live in America. I got a pretty good life. You sure. know, anyone who's here has a pretty decent life. Yeah, and there's always question. you can always compare and say, yeah, I got it pretty good. But the one thing I really do get jealous of, what's that? Is seeing the kids at Prestonwood. Mm. And Todd, you brought it up. Mm. We didn't grow up with with faith. And that's the one thing that I really I would have loved to have known what it was like to grow up in a house in a house that had Absolutely. that type of faith. Absolutely, and, and you know it's great to to get it when you're 44. Mm. But how great would it have been if I had it when I was nine yeah. or eight? Absolutely, man. That's a great that's a great observation, Mark. So dovetailing out of that, let me ask. Let's ask Todd a question. He's our special guest today. If you were to give our listeners maybe. One or two either action items or, or, or points of emphasis or, or things that they could do within their house with their uh, children. I know Jazz and Levi uh, walk with the Lord, honor the Lord, probably not perfect boys in any way, but in every way. But for you and Leslie, what have y'all done that has been really helpful in encouraging and, and, and growing and pushing them in their faith journey? I think... 
probably the main thing is to really focus on spending time with the Lord. And we were, were fortunate enough to have a church like Prestonwood, which we literally, it's our second home. We, through the years, have spent so much time there, whether it be through spots or, you know, Awanas, gosh, back back in those yeah. days, and, and kids you choir, know, uh, kids choir, all these different things, and sports, PSO, different things like that. And I think it's really important to to plug them in, find a church that has a really solid kids ministry, whether it be teens, whatever age group we're talking about, right, right, and and really spend time with fellow believers, you know, and, and right. try to surround them with like-minded individuals, you yeah. know, it's been really important to us. Yeah. You know, and that's something also as adults, it's awesome. that I don't have any kids, but I've always thought the, the most important thing if I had kids was to make sure they're surrounded by the right kinds of people. Yeah. You know, my parents always told me that and I always kind of blew them off. Right. Know? Sure. Um, as a matter of fact, my parents moved out of a neighborhood because they didn't like the kids we were hanging out with. Okay. And I thought no. that was ridiculous. I'm, a, I'm my own man. I'm my own boy back then. I can yeah, make yeah, yeah. decisions for myself. They don't impact me. But what I've realized really in the last like five, six years is even as an adult, even as a man, mm-hmm. the people that I hang around with really have an impact on the way I live. And, and that may be saying something bad about myself, but you yeah. know, just really you know, hanging out with, I call them the clergy, mm-hmm. they've really impacted <laughs> me in my personal life. Yeah. And I think that's a great word that Todd shared uh, for all of us as, as dads and as men, not only as an adult, like you just mentioned, Mark, but for you fathers and dads out there, making sure that uh, your young boys and girls, your sons and daughters, find a place uh, of belonging and of community and of connection where they can be challenged in their uh, faith journey to to really press in, lean in, and, and walk out their faith in Jesus. That's a great word, great recommendation. Yeah, probably my greatest stretch of spiritual growth was through fellowship at Prestonwood through the Friday morning uh, Friday morning men's Bible study, mm-hmm. just the relationships that I, Amen. you know, uh, garnered through going there. And, and, you know, you got 300 men of every mm-hmm. age group you can think of. And I've just made some, you know, it's funny, I, I prayed, gosh, it's been 10 years ago now, but I prayed that the Lord would put Christian men in my life. You know, uh, my wife, Leslie, and I are, are you know, we... We love the Lord, and, and the Lord is the center of our marriage and everything. But you know, men need men, absolutely. In their lives, you do. know, to to you know share with and and whatnot. And the Friday morning men's Bible study has really been a huge factor, you know. And and I tell Neil Neil Jeffries all the time that yeah. you know, he he's a huge part of my of my growth spiritually. He kind of rolls his eyes at me, but you know, the Lord has used him, and and I'm sure there's many men that can absolutely. can. can attest to that so doing business is there one thing you can hit on that was different before you found faith and then doing business afterwards is there is there a big difference you know i don't know that i was necessarily a very you know significantly unethical business person prior but it is at the forefront of my thought process now and whether it be dealing with an employee you know, over employee issues or who who knows what. It just uh, it's it's first and foremost. One of the biggest deals has been just through faith. You know, because the restaurant business is hard. Yes, and you go through sometimes mm-hmm. when 
it, it's really hard and and just leaning into the Lord yeah. when you're going through those times you know you know most restaurants don't make it and you know just having to you know remembering scripture remembering you know that yeah. the Lord will be with me always never will never leave me nor forsake me you know and I can yeah. be strong and courageous because of that because he'll be with me no matter where I go and that he's good and you know, he wants the best for me and I'm just going to trust him and that that has really helped quite a bit. I got to tell you, I hope that we have a lot of people listening to us that, that are where you and I were, Todd, mm-hmm. before 33 and before 43, 44 for me that aren't believers, but they're listening to us. Their minds are open. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you that what you just said, it makes life so much easier when you have that faith and you mm-hmm. trust in the Lord and you trust that you know no matter what happens, he's not going to give you anything that you can't handle. Right. And so I, I really hope through this show that we're doing that we do reach out to a lot of people that aren't necessarily believers right now mm-hmm. and we can help kind of move them along. Right? Yeah, that's a good word. I, I think about Jesus at the end of, of John 16 telling uh, the disciples, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. That in this world mm-hmm. you will have trouble. That, that whether you're in the restaurant world or whether uh, you're trying to to be on the front lines and and, and lead a, a a sports organization or or whether you're a dad, uh, a school teacher, a coach. That in this world we will have trouble. That none of us are immune to that. But he told the disciples to take heart that I've overcome the world. That that in me you might find peace. That that I. I've overcome the world. And just like you said, Mark, and that Todd mentioned a moment ago, that we all, I think I heard a pastor say one time that all of us are one of three places in relationship to storms, mm-hmm. right? I know you guys are kind of nodding your head for those of us, for those of you guys that are at home, but it's... Wait, look at Shivers being a pro, understanding that this <laughs> no. is audio, and yeah, 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 you yeah. and I are just shaking our heads yes, and he's saying, you idiots, no one can see you yeah. shaking yeah, your heads. You don't see it, but it's part of, part of the reality that we all uh, identify and empathize with that we're either in a storm, we've either just come out of a storm... Or we're about to go into a storm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that really hit home with me um, when I heard that. I mean, I can almost take you right to that place in that pew where I was sitting uh, at, at Presswood. I think Dr. Graham said it, that you're either right there smack dab fighting your way through it. You've either just come out of it and you can maybe catch your breath and breathe. But you got to gear up. you got to mm-hmm. gird up and be ready because the truth is we're about to go into another one. Absolutely. You know what Pastor yeah. Graham said that really hit a simple mind like myself mm-hmm. is, and, and he may not be the only one to use this analogy, but he talked about, and this is before I got baptized, he yeah. was talking about knowing the outcome. Yeah, and as a Christian, you know you know the outcome. And he mm-hmm. talked about when he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention that he had to travel a lot on the weekends. And he's a big cowboy fan. Yeah, and he said that he would do everything he could if he was on a flight to avoid the score of the cowboy game because he had it recorded and he wanted to watch it without knowing the score. But every once in a while, some pilot would get on there and say, "By the way, we're landing in Dallas, and the Cowboys won twenty-seven to twenty-four. Yeah. And so he would just ruin the whole. It afternoon. would ruin it for him, but he'd still watch the game. Right. And he said. Man, it was sure a whole lot easier to handle a fumble or an interception if I knew that in the end we're going to win. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just a, another way that technology's changed the way we watch television. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, guys. That's a Speaking beautiful thing. Speaking of which, did you see what I Instagram last night? I did not. Okay, so the the Mavericks honored Tony Romo last night as we record this. You know, hopefully, you're listening to this. It's been five years ago. Hopefully, <laughs> this podcast will last that long. But the the Mavericks honored Tony Romo. 
And Tony Romo is a friend of David Shivers, and I'm watching the thing on TV last night, and I didn't have to watch it more than three minutes before I saw David Shivers and Jackson Shivers, like, oh my god, right behind the bench, and uh, I took a screenshot of Dirk and then the Shivers boys. You know, it's funny. I sent him a text last night, and it was normally uh, Shivs gets back to me pretty quick, and it was time going by and i'm like is he mad at me and and then he got back to me and then i realized that tony romo was being honored and most likely he was there it was a big night it was a big night yeah, yeah, i was seats. honored yeah hey we were grateful had some friends that took care of us and uh jackson and i made a great memory it was such a great gesture i mean by mark cuban uh rick carlisle so many of the Cowboys coaches and players coming out and just honoring him, not only at that game, but uh, just throughout the night. It was a fantastic, you know, fantastic. It's, it's, it's strange, but being coming from sports radio, sports talk radio, once I came to the conclusion that there's a whole lot more to life than sports, I realized that I spent a lot of time and a lot of years <laughs> wasting a lot of emotion Sure. On outcomes of games, and I think we all do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but is it really wasted? Well, that, and that's the thing. That's where I was going <laughs> to go with you, David. That's the life. That's what life is. I don't know. I'm asking you. Is it really wasted? What is? What do you think, Todd? Um, you get depends, what? Are, what are you getting emotional about? about? Yeah. What are you getting emotional about sports wise right now in uh, the Todd Metten world? Uh, you know, I'm not very emotional about anything right now. I'm trying to think. You know, I always get emotional during Super Bowl because in the wing business, oh yes. oh, we man. are crazy, crazy busy, and we're just trying to get through it and not make anybody mad. Right. You know, I was emotional on the Des catch that was not a catch, or was a catch, and they 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 determined was not a catch. You know that. I was at that game. I was covering that game, and the funny, unbelievable, the funny in quotes part about that was the locker room emptied. Everyone's on the buses, and me and Dez and Ed Werder, and I think Todd Archer, some of the people, some of the reporters that weren't flying with the Cowboys, were right next to Dez, and Dez is still in his his t shirt that he wears under his under his uniform, and he's asking all of us. Did I not how, make it? And he wasn't complaining. He was. He was he actually. He was literally. He just wanted to know what's the rule. How was. How was that not a catch? How, and he did not. He. He literally. He wasn't. He wasn't saying the referee screwed up. He right. wasn't. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't at like him. angry. He was just confused. How. How did that? That's been a catch since I was a kid. How was yeah. that not a catch? And he was actually asking. Well, for, I was I was calling the refs' names, and I was I was I was doing all the things that he wasn't doing. I was right there with Todd at home. Yelling at the screen yeah. for sure, saying, "Oh my goodness!" But you're an avid sports fan. I know you went to college at Sam Houston State. Sam Houston, and I got a degree there. The Bearcats, at, at University of Houston, U of H. So, who are, is there a college program in particular that you're loyal to or that you enjoy following? I mean, I know probably Oklahoma State now. The, yeah, the Cowboys I, I follow up there with OSU jazz. for jazz, and you know uh, just the connection there. I follow the Cougs uh, and Sam Houston. Both mm-hmm. have had really solid football yeah. uh, programs here in the last uh, five to ten years, and you got the new Longhorn coach ready. Got the new, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the U of H is kind of the stepping stone for a lot of, groom, yeah. a lot of uh, Texas A&L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I'm, you know, I was raised in Texas, so I follow the Horns. You yeah. know, I'm a, I'm a Horns fan, and I, you know, so I, I follow them quite a bit. My dad, uh, who has since passed away, uh, was an avid West Virginia Mountaineer. He grew up, uh, born and raised in West Virginia, and and just 
diehard Mountaineer fan. So I follow, and my my sons follow the Mountaineers, and and my brother's son follows the Mountaineers. It's it's kind of crazy how that kind of trickles down. Uh, well, it's the key, crazy. Word, the key word there is crazy. My wife's a Mountaineer. Oh yeah. Now, Mark, do you have and, any experience with oh, any West Virginia fans? And let me tell you, Mountaineer fans are are they, crazy. They are crazy, and I've gotten to the point where I absolutely cannot watch a football game with with Sherry. <laughs> I cannot watch a West Virginia game with Sherry because she is. If she listens to this, look, I don't even have to apologize to you, Sherry, because you'll say this. She is absolutely a freak. She is oh, really? so crazy that back when West Virginia was in the Big East and they were winning fifty-six to three, right? Right. She would know the outcome of the game. She she'll watch the game over and over again, especially when they win. And on Thursday, she's watched this game four times. And if they punt when they're up forty-nine to three, she's flipping out. <laughs> ridiculous yeah mark had a little story uh and maybe appropriate even you know right now in relationship i think i remember this and feel free to either tell me to shut up or not but west virginia y'all drove up to oklahoma state and because yes. i remember texting or calling you on the way up there it was a I hot was ticket. this past year yeah i, I think was it was there. this last year well we've done it, we've mark? done it we made that trip three times that was okay. yeah. coming in sherry wants to be close and and well, there's a when couple the stories, and, and, and I'll, let's see if this is the one you're thinking about because there's a couple. Yeah. <laughs> one of the stories was they played an 11 o'clock game in Stillwater, mm-hmm. and so we drove up. Like I said, we don't have any kids, so we have the freedom to mm-hmm. to do stuff like that. We drove up. West Virginia wins the game. We're in the game traffic going home, and I asked her. I said, "Do you want to get a hotel room out here and spend the night out here, or do you want to go ahead and go go straight home?" And she she gets really quiet, and she says, well, I'd kind of like to spend the night here, but at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I made a deal with God. <laughs> and her deal was that we would go to church if West Virginia held ah, on to the lead. And they won. So Yeah, so they won. So we drove all the way back because Sherry had a deal with God Sherry about West Virginia to, winning the game. There you go. Sherry had to keep her promise to go. God. Uh-huh. So being the typical way. husband, I said, why can't you make deals with God about our finances? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Important. Yeah, the lotto. <laughs> All right, let's move off of West Virginia and back Thank you. to the uh, – yeah, you're welcome. Your marriage is safe for the rest of the show. Uh, Metton, hmm. Cougs fan, who do you think was a better coach? Let's just put it that way. Uh, or bigger upside, better program-wise, because someone is in kind of a state, state of – I don't know if limbo is the right word. You can help me on that, Mark, if you want. But someone, he's, he's on the warm seat. The warm seat. If not yeah, the hot seat. Are we talking hot. the AM coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Sumlin, former Cougs guy, or Tom Herman at, at UT. Who do you think maybe better, long term future? Who do you think? Oh, I think Tom Herman's got a much brighter future. I think he is, I think he's a great coach. You know, I was sorry to see him go. You know, at least he stayed in the state of Texas and, and yeah. went to the University of Texas. I didn't want to see him go to LSU or, or anywhere else. I wanted him to stay. I think he's got a, a great football mind. And yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, with his ability to re- recruit and and just the football knowledge that he has and, and his ability to motivate yeah, players. Yeah, seems to be a pretty good leader. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a national championship either being played for or won in the next five to seven years. Let's mark that on the walk. Well, I, think, I think he nailed it. here first. I think he did, too. Sumlin's really, yeah. Former. If you can compare futures, Herman has a much brighter future than Sumlin. Yeah. yeah. Because if you can do things right at Texas, you can really, mm-hmm. really yeah. succeed. And he was a future staffer with Coach Brown, Mac Brown, back in the day. Rangers fan? Mavs fan? 
I, I love the Rangers and big range. I, you know, it's funny. I grew up in Houston and I was an Astros fan forever. Yeah. And I was a Oilers fan. And um, love you blue. Love you blue, man. I was <laughs> I, I bled blue and came up here. I, I hated the Cowboys with yeah. a passion. But the Bum um, Phillips, Trusted Christ, got a great book out there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Christian Cowboy, Coach Cowboy Christian. Oh, really? Yes. Just for those of I didn't you, know that. Bum Phillips. I actually read it because uh, his son Wade gave me the book. It's is that right? Un- it's actually a really interesting read. Oh, sh- Bum Bum is fan. Bum is uh, royalty in Houston. Converted yeah. late in his life, similar to you guys, but even mm-hmm. later by the tight end that has the prison ministry down there, the Euler guy. Uh, Mike Barber? Barber, yeah. yes. Good job. Yeah, he's a stud. I was going to say Carpenter. I knew that was wrong. Mike Barber. Yeah. Good work. Was, love you. Kick, he was the one that you know, made the famous, we'll kick the door in next, you know, the next mm-hmm. time they played the Steelers. They never got a chance. But Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, Renfro diehard. caught that ball, by the way. We want to talk about Des Bryant. Absolutely. Renfro, Renfro's was more of a catch than Des's. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You, you, do you I know what we're talking about? Take you guys' word for it. <laughs> in the uh, back was, of the end zone against the, the Steelers? AFC Championship game mm-hmm. against the Steelers. The, the wow. Oilers got completely robbed. They got completely jobbed out of a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Wow. Before the days of instant replay for you kids out there listening to the and By wall. the way, it was one of the plays that may have led to the first generation of instant replay in the NFL. Boom. Ah. That's a good it's- HSO by Mark Friedman. <laughs> Thank Mark you, Frito Friedman. But I got converted to a Cowboy fan through the years once I came up here in Dallas, to Dallas in 95. And, yeah. you know, the impact of solid football and cowboy wins oh yeah really impacted my business so i started rooting for him and, and the and the uh rangers as well the rangers won a pin at 96 they won a division next year division yeah yeah, yeah so that and the that cowboys imp- have only had like three great seasons since you've been here right i mean yeah. you know it's funny how it works though because yeah. you know when they get on these on these runs where they're winning a few games the bandwagon fills up and, oh, and for sure you know there's there's and that's uh, good for the wing there business? Was wing parties and, <laughs> and whatnot so and but then after a while i just start you know there's solid individuals on the cowboys now you know mm-hmm. uh, romo is a i'm a huge fan of tony romo and mm-hmm. i thought it was cool what they did for him with the Mavs, you know, I could see that he was embarrassed and, and like he was saying. Yeah. But I, you know, no better guy to do that with, you know, mm-hmm. and the thing, you know, he didn't win a championship while he was here, but he is an absolute stud when it comes to just walking the walk and talking the talk, you know. Mm-hmm. He really gets life. He, he really does get it. And I, I don't need yeah. to tell you that at all, David. You, you know, but the, the 44 to 6 comment that he made. After the Cowboys lost forty four to six, Eagles, and he yeah. said, "If this is the worst thing that ever happens to me, I've got a pretty good." Yeah, he's absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's hey, absolutely man. right. Unfortunately, you don't want to hear your quarterback say that after you get, right. he loses forty four to six. But I was standing right there, and I felt really bad for him because it got it, misconstrued. Well, it got misconstrued, blown out of proportion, and, and it was like it wasn't. He had all sorts of time to think about it. They were never in that game, so it's mm-hmm. not like they lost mm-hmm. on the last second field goal and he can still be mad. Right. Yeah. You know, he had a good two hours to be mad on the right. sideline. Sure. Yeah. Um, and during the game. Before we run out of time, I gotta ask you some wing stop questions. Okay. See if I can phrase this the way I want to. What percentage of French fries do you think are eaten in the car 
<laughs> on the way home from picking up Wingstop. <laughs> I think their um, fries are amazing. They, they are really, really good too. fries. And let me tell you, sometimes I go to Wingstop just for the fries. You see Sherry. Sherry weighs like 114 pounds. Right. And she can go through two large Wingstop fries. <laughs> That's two pounds. So I kid, uh, and I kid you not. So whenever we order Wingstop, <laughs> how many calories is that? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So whenever We're not, we don't we don't have calories. <laughs> whenever I order Wingstop, I get three large fries, and one of them gets eaten in the car on the way home because I know she's going to eat whatever I bring See, back. See, that's the move. The move is to order extra uh-huh. so that if you're the one that has to fly to get the get right, the food, right. you have something to munch on, on you know, way. on the way home while that's they're piping hot. You know, because the fries are are fresh cut, so they over time become limp. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a part of the the deal, and it's the trade off of having. You know, real potatoes and all that. So it's really important to eat them quickly and right yeah. after you order them. So eat them on the way. Okay. Now the other thing I've heard, and I think this is just a legend, just a myth, <laughs> that no one knows the the secret to what's in the spices for the French fries. I was about to ask the that. the that's partially true. I'm very good friends with a gentleman, a fellow. Um, we call them brand partners, uh, franchisees. His name is. Nameless? No, we'll call him Rex. And he is, uh, he formulated all the majority, probably 90% of the sauces that Wingstop produces. And he also formulated the fry seasoning. There's 11 different seasonings in that fry mix. mix. And, but they don't let us know as, it's proprietary now, so they've kind of trademarked it, and you know, so. But not even Wait, you guys so that own the store. Yeah, I you, don't own, know. you own ten stores, and I you can't. You couldn't tell us if your life depended on it. I couldn't tell you right now. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, there's some things that you you, can you could figure out. Like you know, there's Mr. some Wing, sugar. If Mr. Wingstop called you and said, "Okay, you know what, Todd? It's okay. You can go tell the guys. They're good guys." You, I could not tell you. Wow. Uh, but Rex knows. Yeah, Rex. We need, yeah, we, Rex, we need Rex to get Rex, is a on stud. The, Rex on the walk. He's a, he is like a uh, scientist uh, when it comes to flavor. That's yeah. a great example of the walk, though, coming together on in one accord here, Frito, Shivers, and Metton, because I was thinking about those fries and just the whole – everything that goes into them. And I and – I, been curious about that myth as well and we sit here with the owner of 10 stores and he doesn't even know it's just a mystery hey, a shared mystery i'm a simple man i just us. eat them you know i order them and i eat them that's i'm, I'm simple i like to keep it simple Me how too. active are you in the stores i'm active from my office and i know that kind of sounds silly but after a while it's really hard i mean i go to the stores but mm-hmm. i have managers in every store and i've got supervisors that supervise those managers Hmm. and as we speak right now i've got a uh, manager meeting that i have i have in my office every wednesday and so all 10 of those managers come to your office yes plus the supervisors and we go over you know things that need to be discussed you know whether it's a you know a current event that that's happening like preparing for the super Super bowl Bowl. or or if we're about to start football season it may be you know staffing up or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's that's where i really get involved and i'll go in there and so weekly meetings and then you try to get around to the 10 stores what every other week or once a month it just depends sometimes it's based on need you know based on what's going on with the with the stores or or whatever and and i'll go eat at restaurants you know and i'll take family and and my son jazz is coming home from college this week tomorrow uh tomorrow evening as a matter of fact and i know they don't have wing stop in Stillwater. he's he's trying he and his fraternity brothers are trying to get me to get build one, one there, there and i'm telling them they're they're crazy why 
why why are they crazy? Why not? That's too far for me. I, I have friends who operate in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Restaurant business is hard when they're two miles away to, much to less, operate. Yeah. Much less four and four, four hours. hours away. You know, but yeah. I'll get, they'll get one there. I'll, I'll convince somebody to build one. But we'll we'll hit it when he gets back. Probably two or three times before he goes back. Been to having school. a hunkering for those fries, no I'm joke. sure. Yeah, you got to start talking about it. I'm, I'm thinking may hit that tonight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> me too. Put me down. <laughs> well, Todd, thanks for joining us today on the walk. We really enjoyed the visit, and you know we hope to have many more. No, I really appreciate you guys. I think this is an awesome thing. Really important that you know followers of Christ have a sports slash you know uh, walk related show to listen to and uh you don't have to compromise uh, your faith or your principles and 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 listen to something that isn't in line with your beliefs so kudos to y'all we'd like to thank the very special sponsors of the walk benchmark mortgage wingstop todd metton at wingstop and tom sherman of benchmark mortgage 